0: Here's the Smart Retirement Cast, brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Mike and Matt.
1: Okay, listeners, guess what? We're back for another Smart Retirement Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike Points, and I'm here with my good buddy, friend, and peer, Matthew Hollander. What's happening, brother?
2: What's going on, man? What's going on? Finally, starting to warm up out here in Arizona. We're thawing out from the uh, short winter, and uh, getting ready to go do some spring training baseball.
1: We're man, that's music to my ears. I, I'm a big, I'm a big baseball fan. Um, I tried to go last year. We talked about that a couple times on the show. or like the day yeah. I arrived was the day that the pandemic basically shut down the nation. Um, so we won't share that story again. But um, wanted to just. Welcome, listeners, into March. You know, just like that, it's it's March. We're actually last episode we had was just basically a setup for this two-part series we're doing. We're going to start a the cost of healthcare or the dangerous cost of healthcare in retirement. We'll give you some advice on um, ways we help you manage those costs. Um, be proactive on not only taking care of yourself but setting aside the funds when you do need to take care of yourself and how you can do that with tax efficiency. Um, we'll also talk on some very, very cool topics um, in my opinion with a guest, Dr. Oda we have on the show today. And, um, I'm really, I'm really glad to have him because it's so important to hear his position on how he approaches healthcare. It's quite fascinating. And it's a, it's a segment of, of his industry that I think is just growing, 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 which is the concierge medicine and and the more personal one-to-one relationship with your patient. So we're going to have him on the show today as well. Um, Matt, you mentioned the weather getting better over in Arizona. Um, I don't think it ever really gets bad here on the central coast of California, (laughs) but it, it sure was nice this last week. I reminded myself as to why I am no longer really playing basketball this last weekend. I thought it would be fun to just out of nowhere, no stretching. Well, no real like exercising prior to sure. playing like three games of basketball and I'm walking around like a pirate now because I have a <laughs> like my hip flexor is just like, I don't know what the word is. We'll have to ask the doc when he's on, but I think it's exhausted or just, you know, it's not torn or anything crazy. It's just like overworked.
2: Well, you know, I think that happens when you don't use those muscles a whole lot, right?
1: You were mentioning you had a chance to go down and race a real car instead of the video game simulator.
2: Yeah, I was actually uh, about an hour away from you over uh, outside of Bakersfield, California, in this little town called Buttonwillow, and uh, got to get in a race car over the weekend. And uh, that was fun. That was fun. It was nice to get back out in the, in the car uh, rather than sitting here doing it virtually. So, yeah, uh, you know, definitely some bright side things kind of coming up here. Uh, you know, I think we were talking about it before the show started, but you know, we've got the third uh, vaccine coming into it from Johnson and Johnson, uh, that should be being released here in the next couple of days and start right. to roll out. Uh, so hopefully that that'll help kind of speed up getting the uh, population vaccinated. Um, you know, uh, maybe return to some normalcy here rather soon. I know I'm, I'm looking forward to getting people back into a room and doing my my normal uh, dinner seminars and things again. So definitely uh, looking forward to that.
1: And, you know, just as we're speaking on quickly, I want to mention some technicals that happened in February. Um, early February, you, you may recall in my in my segment, I talked about the 10-year treasury note and how important it is for that um, that index. If it, if it goes above 120, 130, watch out because that's a clear sign that money's moving from um, other areas into that, that treasury note, more like the bond market. And... Sure enough, that did happen. In fact, we broke through um, 130, almost going full speed. That's 1.30 on the 10-year Treasury note, which is a return that people would get for their money, the yield they would get for their money. And as soon as that happened, mortgage rates just worsened badly. I mean, we had uh, almost half a point increase in mortgage rates last month. Um, Slowly but surely, things are softening. You know, the, the Treasury, it's starting to make a bit more sense. We had a perfect storm the last week of February where the market was doing very poorly and the 10-year t- the, uh, auction or the um, the bond auction for that note took place. So there's a lot of panic already taking place and that pushed rates well over 3% for 30-year mortgages. And um, what I'd like to say to listeners is like, look, there's just never a perfect time to just try to find the bottom or find the top if you're in the stock market, but find the bottom in the interest rates market. So. Please be thinking about what you can do to work with, with me and um, reach out to me by dialing 866 retire on your mortgage needs. Because as the year goes on, we're going to see swells like this. I call them swells because what we refer to in the industry when you're not locked and you have a loan application and it's floating. So we'll see these big swells, but much like in any market, you kind of want to wait be patient and see how much it comes back down i think in the next two weeks we're going to see an improvement to drop below three percent again so if you just didn't have your income in line last year you couldn't qualify and now you're in a a position to do that better i think it's time for us to get together you can reach me by by dialing 866-53 retire option one gets you to me i work with borrowers in every state i have loan officers throughout the nation that i can connect you with but I will walk you through what your options are ahead of time so that, you know, you're not wasting much of time. Um, Matt, thanks for letting me say that really quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we go into the break, I know you want to, you want to take a a minute to talk about, um, Dr. Oda here who is a Scottsdale local, correct?
2: He is. And
1: Scottsdale proper.
2: He's in Scottsdale proper. Okay,
1: great. Uh, uh hope our listeners just understand how you met him and why we have him on the show today. Just really quick, please.
2: Sure. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I was, before I go racing and stuff, I actually go in and we uh, will do IV drips just to kind of keep my body healthy, uh, do some preventative type of, um, you know, wellness and was having um, what I thought was maybe some heart stuff going on. And so I was sitting there in the clinic one day and um, one of the, the nurses kind of was like, you know, maybe you should go get checked out, right? Um, so they referred me over to Dr. Oda, and um, this was probably, I don't know, probably six, seven months ago now, and have really just kind of experienced a totally different type of medical treatment than you would get from your general practitioner, whereas it's way more preventative. We're looking 10, 20 years, what can we change now? And with that, I mean, I thought Dr. Oda would be a perfect person to kind of bring onto this show today, yeah, uh, just to kind of kick off our healthcare kick, if you will, uh, for the month of March. Uh, You know, because what I'm finding from a lot of the people that I talk to uh, that are preparing for retirement, Um, There was actually surveys done, but 61% of workers actually say that they plan to work into retirement or postpone their retirement just because of healthcare costs, right? And
1: And a lot of times that's because they have those benefits that are just amazing. Exactly. They don't want to
2: lose the benefits. And then when they come into retirement, they're worried, well, can I afford the out-of-pocket medical and things like that? I mean, there's been studies done that basically show a 65-year-old couple, um, you know, this year can plan on having about $400,000 in health care costs that doesn't include long-term care during their retirement. So, of course, that's going co- to cover their, their Medicare premiums, um, if they have a, an additional uh, health policy of some kind, and then, of course, those out-of-pocket medical expenses. So, you know, that's a big number, right? And so what right. can we be doing during our early years or up into retirement to help prepare for some of those things? Uh, of course, Mike, you and I can talk until we're blue in the face on some of the financial things uh, that we can help prepare ourselves for. But I thought today would be a really good way to segue into that by actually having a professional come in on the healthcare side. So, what we'll do is we'll go ahead and take a quick break and we come back. We're going to have Dr. Oda on with us to discuss some of the things that you can do to help prepare yourself for some of those medical costs in retirement. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: It's been a roller coaster of a start to the new decade. From the pandemic to the election, record low interest rates, a wild market, home prices that seem to have no ceiling, it leaves us asking, what's next? Can the economy and the market continue to grow? What will this past election do to my investments? Is it time to sell my home before the market adjusts to downsize? How can I best maneuver to maximize return? The answer is simple. It never hurts to get a second opinion. From a team like Century Financial Consultants, with over 40 years of financial planning experience, Get a free income analysis from Century Financial Consultants today to see where you stand and if you're ready for any changes we may face in the coming year. Give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Prepare for an uncertain tomorrow so you can relax and enjoy today. Get a free income analysis from Century Financial Consultants at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Century Financial Consultants, California license number 0L23991 and 017. seven five six three eight Listeners, it's Mike
1: Points here again, and I wanted to let you know that I've had so many conversations already about refinancing consumer debt that was racked up in 2020 for my clients. I don't always recommend doing a refinance to pay off consumer debt, but 2020 was a year like no other where income was just cut off or assets didn't perform as well as they could have. And you may have racked up some credit card bills or taken out a personal loan, or your home equity line of credit is at a higher balance than you really want it to be. Let's talk about how refinance could be smart for you to consolidate this debt, get your payment down, and get you back on track. Let's start by you going to advicebeforeprice.com, where you can reach out to me privately. Again, that's advicebeforeprice.com, and we'll start the conversation there. I have loan officers I'm networked with all over the nation, and I will put you in touch with them after we have
0: our first discussion. I look forward to chatting with you soon. Let's get back to the show. NMLS number, 1246224. Mike Points is a licensed loan officer in California. NMLS number one two four six two two four, and is only licensed to offer advice on mortgage products. He is not licensed as an investment advisor. All of the mortgage products Mike Points will discuss on this show are for educational purposes, and these products should be reviewed by a licensed loan officer before taking these mortgages on as your own, as they may not fit your specific situation or needs.
1: Okay, listeners, welcome back from that short break, and as promised in the beginning of the show, without further ado, I have for you here on the show, Mr. Dr. Ken Oda with the O-Longevity and Wellness Clinic right here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Doctor, welcome, and thank you for joining us on the show today.
3: Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Matt. Um, I'm actually quite honored that you guys asked me to join you. Uh, Makes me feel like maybe I did a couple things right
1: well you know it's it's one of those things we talked about um in the beginning of the show but i, I you and i have talked about and, and matt when we had our little conference it's your your style of healthcare is i think i want to say the word cutting edge but i, I really say i really want to say the new way of healthcare. i hope in this country i know in in many other countries preventative medicine is just the way they do things it's just, you know, it's just exactly how the practice works, but what's, what's outstanding in what you're doing is you're taking a step away from the big, huge healthcare model where the hospital and all the resources and all that stuff, you know, allows you to provide or have what looks like a better service, but now you're just going in right to the home, much like Matt and I do with clients, meet them, have a relationship with them and work on their health proactively. So I, I think you have done a lot to get on the show. I think you should, I think you should be proud of what you're doing because many people in this country just would rather have their normal lifestyle be as it is and they're not looking to really change things, but you're out there, you know, finding these patients and helping them understand that there's a lot of value in the practice that you provide. So thank you for coming on the show, but also thank you for doing that, not just for, you know, Matt. Uh, a guy that I love and care about, but for our listeners who are typically about 55 years and older, you know, which I think you probably have a lot in your Rolodex as clientele. Would you agree?
3: Yeah. Uh, I would say that the average, uh, the average age of the patient that I take care of in my practice is 55. Okay. Uh, yeah. Roughly between 50 and 55. These are folks that, you know, they've, they've worked really hard in their life. They've, um, built their uh business empire if you will and they're now in a place where they realize that hey uh, in order for me to enjoy the fruits of my labor i probably should get my my health dialed in and um one of the things i see commonly is exactly that these these individuals that really have spent 110 percent of their time Going to school, building their businesses, um, you focusing
1: know, on financial strength.
3: Yeah, uh, career goals, I would say, um, and what has consistently taken uh, a backseat has been their health. I suppose there's sort of been this mentality of, well, I'll I'll take care of that when there's time, and uh, unfortunately, for some, and, I, and I'd be happy to share a couple of stories. Uh, for some um, that that philosophy uh, ends up in their in their death uh, before they even have the opportunity to enjoy all the everything that they've built right in the course of their what I think was a short life
1: right yeah you see it all the time we're not talking about like a, a... Uh, cancer or something that, that just comes out of you know that just happens you're talking about like chronic illnesses that they could have prevented or should have started working on but I mean you teed it up perfectly and you're actually speaking to my soul I have this this same mindset I'm 40 years old oh I'm 40 years old and I'm gonna retire at 53 and in order to do that which is like why why 53 where did that come from you know, in order to do that, I have to avoid or not be distracted by certain things every month because I have to hit these targets. And I'm thinking like one dimensional, I'm thinking about how do I grow my, my brand or my, you know, my revenue and how do I support customer service once I get too big. And so, but meanwhile, I also like, I don't know if you heard me, I I played three games of basketball over the weekend and I'm hobbling around like a pirate. So you know, that, that's not, it should, these were not NBA finals quality <laughs> games of
3: basketball. Oh, don't sell yourself short.
1: <laughs> I mean, I did get a lot of rebounds, you know, I had a, had a lot of rebounds, but it's like you, you go through life focusing on maybe your retirement, let's say, and, and you don't have the the relationship with your doctor because what is the doctor to most people? It's a bill that they don't want to get in their mailbox. hmm And so I think that it's so important for us to have you on the show because most of this show is not, it's not a product selling show. It's, it's, we offer our time and services, but it's about educating the listeners on ways to prevent big things that damage their retirement. We had a, a wealth triangle episode years back. It was a three part series. And the number one thing you have to focus on, imagine a triangle, the biggest part of it is the bottom, right? The base and that whole um, focus needs to be on, you know, how do you insure yourself against financial risks? Um, you know, what type of, uh, and, and that was a financial triangle. I would have, I would love to see what your triangle looks like. It's probably like Mediterranean diet or good nutrition, you know, and exercise, but also having a cognitive awareness of what the body's doing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: when you, when you go to meet a new patient, whether they're 55 or 65 or 60, what are you establishing with with them to help them understand preventative medicine?
3: So I think the first thing uh, to understand is the, um, well, let me back up a little bit. If you look at uh, the American healthcare system in comparison to what we know about how uh, healthcare is managed around the world, what you find is that the United States is like number one in terms of uh, acute care. So life saving right. technologies. Um, we, we have almost perfected protocols in, you know, what amount of time do you have to wait before you implement a treatment for a stroke? Uh, you know how quickly do you need to get somebody back to the cath lab when somebody's coming in with uh, uh, a myocardial infarction? I mean, we we really we've become so good at these things, and what has right. consistently taken a backseat has been chronic disease management. Now, it's not that we're we're not paying attention. No, there are, are plenty of physicians, researchers across the country, uh, here in the States that are aware of this issue, they're working on it, you know, they're trying to figure out how is it that we can be better at that. Now, what I like to think anyway, at least what I hope I'm doing is going even one step, uh, even further with uh, prevention from acute disease, chronic disease, I'm what I'm trying to do is get you right when you're right when you're still you still have plenty of health in you Mm. maybe you're just embarking on down the wrong path and you don't even know it and for a lot of the folks that I take care of they're kind of at a they're at this point where the for analogy purposes, they're at this point where the train tracks diverge, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, one, one track goes east coast, the other one goes northwest. And a lot of the folks that I see initially, they're kind of at that point where they're just embarking on the path that's going to a place they don't want to go. And they may not even be aware of it yet. So I catch them there. And it, you know, if you're not that far away from that Fork, that why it's it's easy to bring them back and yeah. put them on the right path. Unfortunately, for the other subset of patients that I take care of, they've already gone down the path, the, the wrong road, and now they're dealing with symptoms or debilities due to whatever chronic disease that they have. Typically, at that point, sure, some of these folks you can you can bring them back and, and set them on the right path, but some have reached a point of no return. And when you get there, it's all about damage control, right? Yeah. How do you, how do you mitigate as much, as many complications as possible from the chronic disease case in point, uh, folks with, let's say congestive heart failure, right? That's not necessarily a, it's not a reversible disease once your heart has failed, you're essentially, you're just trying to make sure you don't get hospitalized because the more hospitalizations you have, the weaker you get, the more susceptible you are to infections and other, uh, uh, say, hospital-associated illnesses, pneumonias, wounds, etc. Uh, the list goes on. So what I'm trying to do is make sure that as early as possible, um, these, these hard workers, right? These people that have these career goals, they have financial goals, they have retirement goals. How do we ensure that that path to whatever place that is that they have envisioned in their mind, how do we make yeah. sure that when you get there, then you get to actually enjoy all of that because you are, you have, Solid health. There have been plenty of uh, patients that have come to me. Um, actually, they were introduced to me, and right off the bat, I could tell they're not well. Their bank account, I'm sure, is has numbers in it I will never see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the, the their their longevity is not there. You can just see it. They're, they're on the wrong path. And, uh, unfortunately there have been, uh, two, two gentlemen that have been referred to me, both of them in their forties, Mike. Hmm. And when they were introduced to me through a mutual friend who, um, mutual friends who are patients at the clinic, um, they referred them because even they themselves could see something's not right with them. They need help, and um, one of them I'll I'll never forget. This this uh, this plays out in my mind uh, almost daily. A uh, guy, he was 46, uh, two kids, 10 and 12, I believe, married. Um, he had done very well in business. In fact, I think he was just promoted uh, as a CEO of a local company. And when I met the guy. Um, I just knew, I I knew this guy had, uh, um, he had stuff going on that needed to be addressed right away. And so in an effort to try to get him to the clinic, I said, look, man, I won't even charge you just come in. Let me, let me just do a set of vitals on you at the very least. And his words to me were, no, thanks. Not interested in that really, I just have some back pain. It would be nice if you could write me for some pain medicine. Well, I can't do that. Uh,
0: so, sure.
3: uh, he never, he never showed up. And, um, the word I got was two weeks later, he was dead. Uh, and then I had another guy in his forties, same thing. And it's just, you know, he leaves behind, uh, his two girls and the wife. So, it, you know, I think about stuff like that, not so much as a way, as a scare tactic to get people to see the doctor, but rather, I mean, really put that into perspective. Um, first yeah. of all, the forties—that's not old, right? When I was a kid, I thought that was old, but now that I'm approaching forty, that's—I mean, I, it, I feel like I feel young. But but to 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 imagine it is that you have you have spent all that time, and I'm sure getting to the place that he was professionally, he probably had to spend. a significant amount of time away from family away from his kids all for what to to perish from something that could have easily been prevented had he been um, part of a preventative care program
1: so i appreciate you sharing that story just that narrative alone helps helps just highlight the fact that most in my opinion, most people in this country are don't have the philosophy of taking care of themselves because of the things you said. We have the number one acute care facility, our resources in, in the world. So, like, if I get really sick, there's going to be a dude at my house in seven minutes with an ambulance that's going to take me away. Right. I don't think of that exact scenario, but you know, subconsciously, it's like they're going to come help me. You know um i i lost my mother at 36 i I watched her pass away right in front of me she had a she had a blood clot that shot up into her heart and prevented her from living and um so it is important and listeners we're not trying to get on like a doom and gloom theme here but what's important is that these things like just like a out of nowhere there's like a stock market crash of 87 or or 90 or you know, you name the one where you're like, how did that happen? where did that come from? How did we lose 20% in one day? You can, your health can go. And unfortunately, it's not like you can say, oh, I'll just bounce back. Sometimes you can. And I think what's important to understand is it's not just dying. It's not just passing away. It's the way it changes your lifestyle and affects those who love you and are part of your life. And so I want to segue into one of the ways that you start, um, as you were to work with people in retirement, you know, I, my question to you is the preventative part, but how would you actually start onboarding them as a patient with today's challenges of the pandemic? I mean, are you telemedicine doc all the way hundred percent or how does that all work?
3: So I offer it. Um, I'll tell you, I still have, uh, a segment of my patient panel that feel more comfortable, uh, meeting as we are right now. Uh, the, one of the privileges that, um, we have here is that we've been vaccinated. I had COVID back in the summertime, but we've been vaccinated. So I feel at least from a, uh, risk of transmission standpoint, it's, it would be pretty low here. So I still have patients coming in. Obviously I prefer the good old fashioned face-to-face meeting. Because that's when
1: um, your that's when your instinct is involved, right? Like you're like you said, you're seeing certain things.
3: Of course, I mean people's mannerisms, what they're doing with mm. their feet, their eye contact. Yeah, um, you know, as strange as it sounds, even how someone smells uh, can tell you a lot about a person. Uh, so I'm really using all senses. <laughs> and and the other thing is that there's just. Um, even though this is fine, obviously we're we're able to communicate our ideas with each other through this medium, but um, I I don't think it's that far fetched of an argument to suggest that nothing will ever replace being in the same room as somebody.
1: And I get that. I just I guess what I'm trying to do is think of how is the average. American going to get more behind this preventative care and a, another factor in addition to time uh, money is time
3: that's right yeah
1: and so if it, the, I, I see it as like a high I see you as like this transformer I mean you've got different you're a physician no doubt by trade but you've got like life coach part of you right you've got almost like a physical uh therapist part of you but you but you're also this advisor you know you're helping them understand that look you could crush it next quarter. Yes, that would be great for you, but you, you want to go, you keep telling me how you want to hike Everest and that's just not going to
3: happen. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one of the things that this pandemic surely has made a lot of us do is it has tested our ability uh, and our resilience to pivot. How do we pivot so that we can continue to do what we do, um, put food on the table, uh, provide the help that we need to provide to others that depend on us. And one of the things that I have incorporated into my practice more so, um I used to do it in the past just a bit, but more so is is virtual care. The ability to as we are chatting right now, to be able to counsel someone from a healthcare standpoint. Um Obviously we can't do everything through telemedicine. There are some some things that probably absolutely should be done in person, uh, especially if you know like a very specific type of physical physical exam needs to happen based on yeah. whatever the pathology is. Uh, but yeah, a lot can be taken care of through telemedicine. Obviously there's a there's a huge time savings. You don't have to travel back and forth to see me. And so a lot of the patients that I have that are uh, either out of town or they live in, uh, let's say, an hour or two away from Scottsdale, this is very convenient for them. Um, I, I do prefer uh, initially, at the very least, to uh, actually meet some, with somebody in person because it yeah. really helps us establish a baseline and um, and then from there then on, the bulk of the visits, the follow-up can be done through telemedicine very easily.
1: So a lot of the – so your practice is run differently from a, from a carrier or like a – I should say payment options for, for patients. You have a setup plan with your patient. You don't receive funds from carrier. You don't bill insurance carriers, Correct.
3: Correct. At this time, I do not. Um, it's something that I will be incorporating into the practice, uh, probably in a few months, just as a way to. Because what I do, yes, there's a. It's a membership model practice, which right. is nothing new. Which um, I'm
1: actually a fan of because it's like, hey, let's see day one if you're willing to invest in yourself. Exactly. You know, yeah, and I want to I want to stay on. The, it's not because I want to di- differentiate you from other physicians. I want to just stay on this topic for one second, sure. because I think that there are more and more physicians taking this position in the marketplace. And I my question to you, as we have this panel open for our listeners, because I'm pretty sure we have their attention now, right? I mean, you, we've got a doctor here that does concierge medicine in Scottsdale who has plenty of patients, and he's not charging them through their insurance carriers, they're coming right to him. So do you feel like the industry itself is going to need to start moving more towards this preventative model where like actual insurance plans promote a concierge doctor? Because otherwise they're, I mean, you guys are starting to make up a significant slice of the pie in the marketplace where you're just taking people away from the the typical HMO or PPO where they, go see their general physician and then get referred, they just come to you. And I think that's what I'm trying to say here. Here's my question. Do you think that the insurance industry is now respecting the way that you practice and will start to tailor their premium models or their healthcare plans to go see a doctor like you that's preventative?
3: I think, I think changes are coming. Um, it's, it's already clear to me, if you look at some of the things that Medicare reimburses for now, um, like for example, uh, if you are a Medicare beneficiary, you're eligible for what's called a wellness exam every year. Uh, the thing is that, um, yeah. the thing is that what insurances do not promote or, uh, or at least through reimbursement, through a reimbursement model is, um, a very close relationship with your position at least in my from my perspective right because the traditional model is you have health insurance you come see me it's a it's transactional you see me for a problem or let's say it's even for this wellness visit I I do my thing I go down the checklist I bill your insurance and you're gone Mm -hmm. well there's nothing that I'm being reimbursed for to create a long term relationship with you that would that would that would make the relationship look like I am in I am invested in your health. Yeah. Rather, anytime you wanna see me, speak to me, whatever, well okay, I gotta now figure out a way that I can bill your insurance for it. Otherwise I'm I'm using up all this time to create a relationship with you that I'm that I'm not getting paid for. Yes, Um, And that becomes a problem if I have a panel of a thousand patients, which a lot of these primary care clinics do. There's just no way that they could do something like that or scale something like that without proper reimbursement. And right now, the way that reimbursements are with insurance, it's kind of like they're – you can tell. You can tell they mean well and they're trying to get to a place where – the experience of the patient, the quality of care goes up. But with the way things stand right now, no, there's there's nothing through Medicare or uh, any of these commercial plans that would reimburse me for, let's say, the type of time that I take with Matt to walk him through some problem that he's having, ha- having that he feels is very urgent, right? Right? Matt, the moment you have an issue, what do you do?
2: Text you, <laughs> text you, email you, whatever.
3: And how quickly I mean, it's, nice it's, respond to you?
2: Uh, I mean, within an hour. Even I mean, we, I wouldn't even say it's usually that long, but. Yeah. Uh,
3: so there's wow. there's no, I I I know Medicare does not reimburse for that. Now Medicare reimburses for telephone calls, but they have all these stipulations on how that's supposed to be billed out. Like. At the end of the day, still in my mind, when I think about ha- having to understand insurance reimbursements and what you bill for, what you don't bill for, it's, it just makes your head spin. Whereas something as simple as, well, Matt, here's my here's the membership fee, carte blanche, you have access to me, let's develop a, re- a collegial relationship so that your health is always your priority and is always on my radar and that's powerful and because Matt has this relationship with me and at least the business transactional part has already been taken care of and that's out of the way we don't even have to talk about it anymore now we're we're, we're two we're two individuals that have different uh, expertise and um, you know he relies on me for how to counsel him and advise him through life.
1: So, that being said, with those patients that you, the listeners are in, a, I mean, I don't wanna say all of them are over 40, 55 years old, but most of them are in that range based on the data we have. Is that um, what are some of the ways that you're seeing these patients get ready to age in place? Like they know they're gonna stay in their house for another 15, 20 years. What are some of the ways you advise them or what are some of the ways, just in a couple minutes, Sure. like you see them prepare for this?
3: So, you know, what really impresses me is that, um, at least I think anyway, the, the notion of wellness, uh, physical fitness, nutrition, optimal nutrition has really gained a lot of uh, traction, I would say, in the past maybe a couple of decades. So I do see... Folks, even you know, without my counseling, they're already doing the kinds of things that I would I would expect them to do to for longevity and wellness purposes. So it, it's not rocket science. Obviously, um, proper nutrition is key. In fact, I would probably say that is number one. Mm-hmm. Right, making sure that um, you are you are nourishing the body with. First of all, with what it needs, and secondly, with what will allow you to um, uh, operate at at your top ability. The second thing is movement. The human body was meant to move. The more stationary you are, the more idle you are. I mean, we've There are countless papers on this topic. The worse your health is going to be in the long run. Um, thirdly, I would say, when we think about health, we we have to we we can't ignore uh, the importance of your uh, mental health, right? So Moral, yeah. are you are you taking the time to uh, provide a balance between focus and you know very. Uh, your aggressive tactics for whatever it may be, business or your finances. But are you also calculating and making time to allow the brain to decompress, Mm. to, to refocus, to reset? And I'm not talking about like, okay, end of day happy hour, having some drinks just to relax. I'm talking about actual, your ability to detach from everything that brings you psychological stress in your life, whether that be through meditation or like a meditative yoga practice, or even just an hour out of every day to allow yourself to kind of do a data dump from your brain and connect with nature. And that's one of the things that I see very commonly that people are not doing And for those that actually make the time to do that kind of thing, those are the folks that uh, are going to realize longevity in their lives.
1: Hmm. That's powerful stuff. Yeah. And then, I mean, even as you're saying it, I'm like, I mean, that sounds great, but I mean, when would I have an hour to do that?
3: Right. And that's, and that's where, that's where a lot of people, they get, uh, they get mixed up. And if you're, if you're not intentional, about that um, it'll it'll catch up to you and I think for like one of the the story that I told you earlier uh, in this in our discussion you know that's that's a guy who didn't do that and not to say that okay you if you're not meditating once a day you're you're set up for doom that's not what I'm trying to say I'm just saying that you're your body has a limit and the way in which you maintain resilience or beef up your resilience is to make sure that you're resetting, resetting yourself regularly.
1: Yeah, that's powerful stuff. Um, well, listeners listen that this first episode of our two part series was just to have a very well-respected, very thoughtful physician on the show, Dr. Ken Oda. Mm-hmm. Um, From the O Longevity and Wellness Clinic in Scottsdale, Arizona. The second part of this series, which will obviously be at the end of this month. um, Actually, I think we'll be recording on St. Patrick's Day. We might have to wear a costume for that, Matt.
2: Let's do it. I'm in. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm in.
1: um, May even have a green beer during that recording. Um, But you know, Doctor, I want I want you to know that it's it's so powerful. Like the stuff you're saying is just has already impacted me. I can only imagine how many. People it's going to impact on the show um, you know what i think is important for our listeners to understand is that it is a step that they have to take you know it's not that you're not out there waiting to help them you are but it it's it's something that the individual has to take first and guys when you're when you're trying to be smart in retirement you're thinking about ways to probably not run out of money that's what most people are afraid of right well Time is one of those things that's just a scarce resource. It's way more scarce than dollars um, or yens or um, you know, any other currency you could name. Who knows? Maybe we might be broadcasting in China right now. I have no idea. <laughs> but it's the cool thing about, about these podcasts. Uh, but Dr. Oda is, is here for you. In fact, what I want to let you all listeners know today is if you reach out to us um, either through Facebook, we can connect you with
2: Dr. Oda. Um, Mike, real quick, I mean, what we can do is I'll go ahead and put Dr. Oda's information up on Facebook uh, when we put out the episode. And then, Dr. Oda, if you want to, real quick, just let everyone know what the best way to contact you would be uh, for our listeners if they want to reach out to you.
3: Sure. Um, So uh, the clinic is uh, off of 96th Street and Shea. Um, Phone number is 480-365-8035. Uh, my medical assistant, Jen, uh, she is live person. She is not a computer. So it's nice if you call. You'll actually you'll be talking to somebody who's uh, primarily uh, uh, connected to me. Um, I welcome email. That's fine. Uh, K, sorry, Dr. Ota, D-R-O-T-A, at olongevity.com.
2: Awesome. Dr. Ota, thank you.
1: The website really quick is, uh, oh, yeah. I was trying to pull it up. I think I got rid of it.
2: Just olongevity.com. Oh, o- yeah,
1: olongevity.com.
3: Oh, you can also go to drkenota.com. It'll go to the same place.
1: Okay. Okay. Great. Well, Doctor, I mean, really appreciate you having you. Um, there's there's a lot of physicians out there that I think are wanting to do what you're doing, but just don't have either the, you know, the autonomy or the courage. So kudos to you. I mean, it's awesome that you're able to start this. Now everyone has a practice, but you're taking you're taking your own risks on to provide health to your community. Yeah. <laughs> it's
3: a
2: challenge. Thanks yeah, again, doctor. Is. Sure thing. And, um, right. Mike, thanks for uh, jumping on today. And uh, you know what? We'll go ahead and just uh, end the show with that. So listeners, thanks for tuning in today. And uh, as Mike said earlier, we will be back uh, in a couple of weeks here for part two. Uh, in part two, we'll jump into some... Other things that can come up in retirement, like long-term care, um, Medicare information. And then another one that a lot of you all should probably be looking at, depending on what your incomes and things look like, is a health savings counter and HSA uh that might be available to you. So we will bring you that information on our next show. So thanks for tuning out in, and let's go out and make the rest of our lives the best of our lives.
0: The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California License Number 0175638, and MLS Number 1246224.
1: Because I'm happy Clap along if you know what happiness is